Hello! Hey, everybody! We're back. Some nerds, we have a podcast. Yeah, moving again. But... Woo! My name's Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. Homeowner! <laughs> uh, has Dr. Zoidberg been considered problematic? In the past or now? Like now. At, like, at you know, point. like at any point, <laughs> but like particularly now, like other people that are like, uh, Zoidberg, that was a problematic character. Because I mean, he is like kind of an offensive Jewish stereotype, right? Like it's it's pretty thinly veiled. I mean, it depends on who's writing him, I guess. Yeah. Is there a Jewish person write? Because like a large part of like, tr- like American Jewish humor is that kind of. Uh, yeah. What's what's it like? Um, uh, the name is escaping me. Where you're put yourself down because you feel bad about yourself and you have Self, anxiety. Self up self-deprecating that's the one yeah. self-deprecating humor and so i don't know if that's necessarily what's happening there or if it is kind of leaning into you know anti-semitic stereotypes it never came off to me as like zoidberg being like maybe coded jewish but not being like greedy manipulative secretly controlling the world like all of none of that stuff i don't remember yeah i um, guess it's it's mostly like his voice because he didn't really have um sorry i jumped because my cat tried to swat at me anyway we love you miranda <laughs> leave this in you should leave this part in. um we always do <laughs> so um i it's interesting because i would say that like the stereotypes it's not those stereotypes that he draws from it's more of like jewish people in entertainment mm-hmm. like he's very like mel brooksian yeah. inspired i i and don't know i don't know the, just it's the borscht belt kind of thing yeah I, exactly yes i i wonder if head writer and executive producer of futurama david x cohen was jewish <laughs> i mean perhaps <laughs> <laughs> it is it is perhaps drawing along those same lines in futurama well, it's it's interesting when things are like loving homages versus like harmful stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And it's like I guess Zoidberg leans more on the former and rather than on the latter. But like, you know, <sighs> yeah, because he's not—he's not really greedy. He's not—he's not secretly in control of anything. No, because he's like sort of barely in control of his own chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's really like the voice. It's it's truly it's like how he's voiced, and then that episode where they meet like his great great uncle or something. Yeah, he was like a vaudeville performer, and so I guess that's it, really. I don't know, but it's like the voice is very. I don't. Know, I guess yeah. he's, sometimes he's stingy, but I don't know if it's he's stingy or if he's just really poor. He's, just he's poor. got a Jewish voice. No, we all do. No? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how you. Uh, someone I don't know as someone who was raised Jewish is Jewish I have never been offended by Zoidberg okay well Alex said it's okay it's clearly clearly okay Zoidberg is unproblematic all of the Jewish people ever have spoken Uh, I I (laughs) Can I get that in writing as like spokesperson, spokeswoman for the entire Jewish community? <laughs> uh, 
God, next they're going to be asking me questions about trans women. (laughs) (laughs) Are you not the spokeswoman? (laughs) Just gonna have. Look, Alex, you just have to. Uh, You just have to accept that you fully, completely represent all groups of what you're a member of. What you are a member of, like, it's just. I mean, I represent all angry, all angry redhead bisexuals. And you do so it that's well. me and Poison Ivy. So <laughs> you're <on good> company. <laughs> exactly. We can't trust her to be the mouthpiece. And what is what is Nick the? Uh, He's the token. I'm, I'm the token white guy. <laughs> He's ages 18 to 35. Yeah, everybody cares. Yeah, everybody what he cares what I have to say. <laughs> yeah, but the Simpsons. We've been so okay. So we went through a rewatch of Futurama which we talked about in an earlier episode. I made the joke about like Elise homeowner because we, we bought, we a, bought house. a house. Yeah. yeah. We bought a house. Hence, We're the only millennials who've ever bought a house. Hence, <laughs> hence the change in the, uh, the um, echoes in, in the background. Yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. Um, the office. You're going to need to put like staple, like egg cartons to the, to the. Uh, yeah, we, we could actually get, so this is like a temporary setup while we're setting. We we still haven't finished setting up the office, mm-hmm. which is where like we plan to record. So we could actually get some. We could we could do the, the the foam on the walls or whatever. Or at least put know. up a blanket or something. Get a blanket. We'll just like talk underneath the blanket. <laughs> um, get a nice like medieval tapestry, and nobody will ever see it. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you live from underneath the original unicorn tapestry. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. I think this is a good idea. <laughs> Go back to Scotland and steal it. No, that's not where it is. It's that not? was a reproduction. Oh yeah. The one that we saw uh where was that? Sterling? Yeah, that was a reproduction. Uh, the, that was a reproduction. Where's the, the original then? It's in the Cloisters in New York. Oh, well that's Which I keep even... trying to get you to go to. That'll be Don't... even easier to steal. Yeah. Yeah. We're not you going to steal to... the unicorn tapestry. <laughs> I just want to take you to see it. <laughs> Because it's like every time we're in New York, I'm like, oh, it's such a shame that Nicholas has never been to the Cloisters. I think you should steal the unicorn tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> it's way better than the Decoration yeah. of Independence. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's older, therefore better. <laughs> also, it's just about a girl and her virginity. I mean, unicorn. <laughs> I think about, you know. I thought it was about Jesus. Is it not about Jesus? It's about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's medieval art, okay? It's about a girl and her virginity, and it's also about Jesus. Like, so the girl and her virginity is also Jesus? Yeah. Or is the virginity no. Jesus? No. I'm just saying there's multiple okay. ways of interpreting it. Okay, okay. It's probably, I don't know, because there, there's a lot about like unicorns and um, unicorns being representative of like women and virginity and like innocence and whatever, but also like, Jesus is also a unicorn. Um, Wait, not okay. that he was ever hit on by. <laughs> so, I'm going to hell. I am so sorry. I'm not See, even going to finish that joke. Um, I was thinking you were going to say that the the spear that like the lance of Longinus was a unicorn horn. <laughs> when, you're, when you're at a wedding, turning water into wine, and a, the couple across the way is giving you that look. You started it. I know. This is how you know that I'm not 
I'm not Jewish. I'm very Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> or I was. I'm still. Uh, anyway. Where were we going with this? I we're don't even remember. Simpsons. You were going <laughs> to the Simpsons. You were going to the Simpsons. And I was explaining like how we had moved, but we haven't finished setting up our office. So I apologize that it's like really echoey. Um, and we'll be we'll be real podcasters with foam on the walls and no sponsors. Um, <laughs> man, the cloisters and the unicorn tapestry. If you want to sponsor us, <laughs> I actually have like a book about the unicorn tapestries, oh. and I think it explains it. And I just never read it. I just looked at the. Pictures. Is it like a picture book with like like close ups of all the the art, or is it just yeah? Like actual- it's like it's one of those like art books, um, yeah. which I guess you could call a picture book, but. It's really an art book. Um, or it's like I got it when I, I visited there like, I don't know, like five or eight years ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I went and visited. Uh, I, I went to the Cloisters in New York and uh, I got that as like a coloring book about mm-hmm. the, the unicorn tapestry. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I really uh, spend my money well. Anyway. Um... I mean, that's more than what I... I mean, the closest thing I have to an art book is like a cross-section of Star Wars The Phantom Menace vehicles that I got. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. Right? I don't know. I think they're, like, fun to collect. Um, I wish I had more of them. Because mm-hmm. um, they are, they are like, a really nice, like, commemorative... Like, when you go and see, like, a special exhibit or... Um, they are, but, I mean, God, they're so fucking expensive. Like, like you're like you're dropping like thirty to fifty dollars on like a coffee. What is essentially a coffee table book? Mm-hmm. Um, a book that you have just admitted you have never actually read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't read it, <laughs> and it's sad because it's like some art history major like wrote like you know a really good essay well, about the could... meaning of the unicorn tapestries, but we'll never know because it's in the art book. Sounds like an easy problem to fix. Uh, it's it's not though. Well, it's not. It's, yeah, they're they're very insufferable. Those art major, they're art history majors. Ah, I see. So we uh, before <laughs> while we were setting up for the move, we wanted something like light and easy that we could kind of drop into and drop out of while we were to watch. Um, and since we have legally and lawfully obtained <laughs> access to uh, the unicorn tapestry, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to Disney Plus, we're legally like, and lawfully, lawfully and legally, we've um, we we remembered that all of the Simpsons is on there, so we started going like rewatching old Simpsons. We didn't go all the way back to the start. Um, I think we started at the start the of season first three. Season is pretty rough. The second season's better but we did yeah we decided to start on season three and so we've been watching through that and it's just like man season six yeah six and seven yeah like when the show is like oh my god yeah this episode and this episode and this episode there was like three back to back to back it was like um the the marge versus the monorail episode happens in season six and there was like a couple of other ones and we're like oh my god these all happened in like, like the same season. Back to back to back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like I don't know. We it's it's weird going back to rewatch it because so much of that show is just seared into my memory for God. forever. Where it like I I don't think I've really watched The Simpsons in like 15 or 20 years. 
and going back and rewatching it, I'm like remembering all of the jokes and they're still funny, like all these years <laughs> later, except for the ones that really aren't. That's like, Ooh, mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's so it's very strange because so much of that show is so fucking timeless um, that when you get to one of the jokes that did not age well at all, it's just it it hits like a brick and it just kind of stops everything mm-hmm. for a few seconds. Um, I apologize. Um, Marge versus the monorail. Oh no! Did that happen in season four? I don't know. We've we've kind of torn through a lot of it. Like uh, when we're when we're too exhausted from the move to do anything else, we've just kind of been sitting down and just watching like five or six episodes of The Simpsons. So we've gone through season like we've went, gone from season three to season seven in like less than a month. Yeah, mm. sorry, Marge Marge versus the monorail happened in season four. Um. But that was like Homer's Triple Bypass, which is famous for being the one that uh, at the end of it, God says, like, I'll see you in six months, which then spurs on the theory that like. No, that's not that one. No, that's not that one. No, that was... that's the the one that it goes in conjunction with it, but you're mixing them up. That's the I'm one sorry. where where Homer. Homer the heretic. Homer the heretic. Homer the heretic yeah. is the one where God says, yeah, you can't. Yeah, I'll tell you in six months. Um, and then he has Homer's triple bypass. And so there's this fan theory that like, he actually died in that episode. Um, and every, or like he's in a coma. No. Uh, um, the one again, I think you're, I think you are getting them mixed up. Cause it's the one where the, the beer explodes is the okay. one that everyone thinks is the one where he died or that there's the fan theory about Sorry. Homer dying. Um, yeah, there's one where Homer pranked or where Bart pranks Homer with a can of beer that's been shaken up in one of those like paint mixers from the hardware store. Mm. Um, and Homer opens it and it explodes. And he's like in a coma for a bit. Um, and there is a fan theory that that is actually the end of the series and that everything else that happens after that is just like homer's like jacob's ladder style hallucinations Mm. which is why it's been getting like progressively like weirder and like why things like uh like why things happen like homer goes to space homer meets george bush like yeah right like all these weird celebrity appearances that are just kind of inexplicable when the earlier seasons didn't have anything like that or but then hmm but then what about people that would become celebrities after that point that he might meet? I don't know. Why does a uh why does a Vietnam uh why what is a Vietnam soldier know exactly what 1990 New York looks like? Spoilers I, I, for for uh Jacob's ladder. Oh. Um No, but like season six, it was like uh a Star is Burns, which is the crossover episode with the critic. Um, Lisa's Wedding. Lisa's Wedding. Uh, two Dozen and One Greyhounds. The PTA Disbands. That's the one where... Um, that's a that's paddling. Um, all of these round Springfield. That's the one where um, Bleeding Gums Murphy dies. Like, the Springfield connection where Marge becomes a, 
a police officer, Lemon of Troy, where they steal, um, Shelbyville steals the lemon tree. And then who shot Mr. Burns? It's like back to back to back to back, like all very classic episodes. And so it's like season, um, like those seasons are just really, really good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, like season four to about like, I think season eight or nine. Yeah. It's considered sort of the golden era. I don't know. But yeah, it's like, it's been weird, like sitting and um, sitting and watching through all of these episodes. And it's like, there are episodes where I guess we didn't realize that we knew like every single word. Oh dear. <laughs> like, like the Mr. Plow episode. I remember like watching it and being like, oh my God, I remember like so much of this episode. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it it's very like it's strange how much of that show is still like it could be written today, mm-hmm. like in terms of the humor. Right. Um and then how much of it is just like, wow, this is very like of its time, but not problematic. And then there's the ones that are like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. It, it's like a weird mix of all of them. What's it, an example of one of the ones that are bad? Um, I mean, a lot of things dealing with Apu are not great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the where he gets fired from the Quickie Mart. Yeah, and they go to the original Quickie Mart in it, like that's up at the top of like a mountain in India. Like that's mm. the corporate office. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, it's like it's very like. Mm, um, or the, the one that we just recently watched, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the Apu voice, but like, uh, there's the one where Homer, uh, Mo, uh, Apu and Otto form a bowling team. And then Apu or, uh, um, Otto gets kicked off the team in, in favor of Mr. Burns because Mr. Burns sponsored the team. Um, and they go up against a, they lose against a team called the Stereotypes, which is the the Italian like uh, pizza guy, mm-hmm. uh, the Grounds hillbilly Keep, groundskeeper Willie. Who was the other one? Uh, Cletus the hillbilly. Cletus the hillbilly, and then the, and then the, the sea, sea captain. captain. And mm-hmm. Apu, like after they lose to that team, Apu's like, oh, they begged me to be on the team. They begged me. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember like what some of the other ones are. There's just like, but then there's some like uh, Marge. The episode, one of the episodes that we also watched today, because I think we watched like, I don't know. There are there are much better like Simpsons rewatch podcasts out there. Oh you, yeah, if you oh, were sure. particularly interested in that, this. like just focus on that. Um, <laughs> oh man, this is the season where we're gonna get 22 short films about Springfield. Oh, yeah, I love that one. Yes, um, that's the one that Steam Tans the meme comes from. Yeah. Um. Let's see the scenes from the class struggle in Springfield, um, which is the one where Marge finds the Chanel suit in uh in an outlet mall in Ogdenville, mm-hmm. and um, and then she ends up like blowing a bunch of money on like a Chanel uh ball gown, mm-hmm. and the anyway it's. That one I think is like aged. That's like one of the ones that has aged better, I think. Mm. 
um, which is just really sad about like the state of affairs <laughs> of the American economy um, and income inequality because it's like she finds she finds a Chanel suit and so she kind of gets mistaken for having money. So she gets invited to like join the country club. Um, and it's about like all of her, all of her, like her trying to fit in. Um, meanwhile, like Lisa is making like a lot of pointed jabs <laughs> at the rich, which makes it like even, even sadder in like the recent seasons where she like is like, oh my God, it's, um, it's billionaire yeah. philanthropist Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Yeah. And it's like, God damn it, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> this is not who you are. <laughs> no. And that's like the the flanderization, where we get that word from, of their characters in later later seasons that makes it really sad when you go back and watch these like early seasons where you're like, oh, these were really good and interesting characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and the flander, like because I, I never really quite understood the Flanderization thing. Like, like, why did it come from, like, Ned Flanders? Like, because I always remembered him being... You always remembered him as being the Holy Roller. Right. And, and then it's like... And then we went back and started, like, with season, starting with season three, it's like, oh, there are entire episodes that revolve around Flanders. Where, like, his religion just never comes up. Like, the episode mm-hmm. where he opens... Um, where he opens the Leftorium. Leftorium. Never, never comes up in that one. The episode where they go on the whitewater rafting trip never comes up. Um, yeah. And it's just like watching those, so, like, so, like, in such quick succession, watching all these seasons back to back, you really do, like, sense it. It's like, oh, here's where it happened. Yeah. Like, right. And, like, from that point on, it's every time you see Flanders, he's talking about Jesus um when it's not the case in the earlier seasons but you were asking about like what are the, like some of the things that like didn't age well mm-hmm. um like a lot i mean just a lot of like like one-off jokes i mean unfortunately there is like a lot of transphobia yeah it is, um, and it's mostly just one-off jokes like that's why it's so weird because you're like just kind of there's not entire episodes where it's like oh this whole episode feels like really wrong-headed like it's not like it's not like family guy where like they'll have an entire episode where it's just like well this is this is in poor taste yeah it's um, just like a single moment where it's like oh we were having a good time and then you had to make like, that really terrible joke <laughs> yeah but then there's like also there's a lot of like jokes I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would like defend them or anything. Um, there, there are some interesting jokes. I forgot how many jokes there were of uh, talking about kind of how Homer and especially Bart mm-hmm. is like gender fluid. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the episode where Lisa gets signed up for the little Miss Springsfield pageant. Um, and there's a joke that like Lisa's having a hard time walking in heels and Bart puts on the heels and is like, Oh, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's, but it doesn't feel like, I guess that joke is, but the joke is then kind of about like Bart's confidence. Cause the, the joke is then like, well, honey, I feel like I could win it. Um, 
Yeah, it's weird where it's like, it kind of is like, it, it sets off some alarms, but it's like, it's not... Well, I mean, we're a couple of, like, cis people, yeah, so, like, yeah. what do we know, but, um, but I feel like, I feel like there was, like, an opportunity to have Bart be, like, queer in some way. Well, then they, they do Bart that Bart be to be, like, a queer icon. They do that episode. Yeah, they do. We, they, when, uh, John Waters guest, guest stars. Yes. We haven't gotten to that one yet. Yeah. Um. But, but it's, like, another. Yeah, there's the one where Homer's afraid that Bart's gay. Um, and then like learns and then like at the end is is like well I love you I'll love you no matter what Bart and then Bart's like oh you thought I was gay <laughs> but, but I mean like there there is like a lot of setup and it's like oh man like if this had been made in like the 2010s I feel like you know well then you have the counterpart to that I think that's why like in Bob's Burgers you have the character of Gene right mm. who is very like very queer, very flamboyant, very gender fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bart Simpson's walked in heels so that way Gene could run with his his crazy uh, <laughs> uh, his crazy keyboard. Um, <laughs> I know. And write Die Hard the musical. <laughs> but I don't know. It's it's like Bob's Bur- like, and especially watching like the earlier episodes. I know a lot of people talk about like. Seth Meyers shows, especially with like Family Guy and American Dad, and like you mean uh, Seth, um, not Seth Meyers, uh, Seth McFarlane, Seth McFarlane, Seth McFarlane. Um, what a too many too many white dudes named Seth who are comedians. Um, but uh, you know about like that being the you know that being the um, successor, guess, yeah, the successor of The Simpsons. But I'm like. Especially watching these like early episodes, it's like no, it's definitely Bob's Burgers. Yeah, like, and I'm and I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be big sad when when Bob's Burgers stops starts being terrible. When did Bob's Burgers start? Oh God, uh, 2010, 2011, something like that. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, it'd been going on for almost ten years. Oh yeah, it's been. Oh, like they're on like season eleven right now. I think. Okay. Um. Yeah, 2011. 218 episodes and 12 they're on season 12 or about to be on season 12. Hmm. Which is, I don't know. Kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, you listen you watched the Simpsons a lot of it and yeah. still I mean, watch most the, honestly like other than the move. I don't know. I I picked up I picked up some games on the Steam sale. Um, okay. I picked up there's one of these things is not like the other. Oh, do so tell. so I picked up uh a couple of uh old school kind of shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh so I got Viscera Fest um, what was the other one that I was playing? Strafe. And a couple more that I haven't booted up yet. But I've been most, going back and forth. And, um, and I got the Halo Master Chief collection. Um, and playing some of the Halo games that I've never played before. Because uh, I played like one and two all the way through a few times. And then those are the only ones that I've ever played. So I'm starting with, uh, with Reach, which canonically is the first one. Mm-hmm. And that's been 
it's been pretty okay. I forgot how like oorah military that series kind of is from time to time. How could you forget that about well, Halo? Because it's like especially like the, Reach. Like the extended universe stuff about it cuz that that's like the the most recent exposure I've had to anything Halo is hearing Wooly talk about it on uh Castle Super Beast when he mm-hmm. was replaying those games or when he was playing through those games for the first time. Because I, you know, there was the the Brian David Gilbert video yeah, about and that was reading all of the books. Yeah, but Which, like, like even in that, he'll rec- he'll talk about like the first books that get written are very much like uncritical of the military. Yeah, but then they get more critical as it goes along. Yeah, but yeah, and that's kind of what what I was like thinking about. <laughs> you were expecting like, it would be because Reach is one of the later, like, while it's canonically the first game, it's like one of the later ones that was made, and so I was like, oh yeah, right, <laughs> like this is like. But it's it's space military, so I guess it's fine. <laughs> I guess, um, it, but like, yeah, there is there. It's it's very strange because I played a lot of those games as a kid, and I really did not did not pay attention to those stories. Mm-hmm. Were you mostly just playing co op? Yeah, I was mostly playing co op and multiplayer, mm-hmm. and I watched a lot of Red versus Blue. Well, um, oh, but Reach is kind of interesting because like the whole reason why they're there at the first place is like oh, like, this place is in rebellion. So I'm like, oh, are we the baddies? And then, like, oh, before that question can really be answered, oh, no, the Covenant's here. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Well, I guess we're not so, going to... So, I'm like, I'm wondering if they're going to go into that question as it goes on. Because, like I've said, I'm, I've never played Reach before. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of hoping that, that a little bit of something gets done with that. Like, why is this planet in rebellion? Is it because they're living under some sort of, like weird military like junta which the future of halo has always been kind of sort of hinted at being i think it's just neoliberalism in space yeah but yes I, you know that's that's enough reason for me to revolt against them anyway yeah <laughs> um and then uh but i've been but the ones that i've been playing more of are strafe and viscera fest which are very much like 90s throwback uh mm-hmm. shooters um so strafe is a is a really interesting like mashup of genres it is a uh first person shooter roguelike okay uh where the and it's it is a pretty pretty funny satire of like capitalism okay because you started off and it's like all right the first thing you need to do is watch the training video and so you watch this like cheesy training video about like, oh yeah, well you're welcome to our company and you're going to go out there and you're going to be a scrapper, which you're going to find these like derelict ships and get scrap metal and like trade that in. And since we have so many scrappers on the inner part of the galaxy, we're going to send you all the way out to the rim of the galaxy. So here's all the things that you get to enjoy about that. And then like, by the end, they're like, now say goodbye to your family, like, because you won't be able to communicate with them for the next six months. Um, but then the idea is like the way that the game is played is you spawn into a derelict spacecraft, um, and it's like kind of overrun by like system shock monsters, like techno zombie mm. sort of things. Okay. Um, and so you get to choose the weapon that you want to start with. And you randomly find like power ups and things like that as you go along, and it's pretty fun. I haven't I haven't quite been able to go through the full thing yet, but there are like some 
some things that you find that kind of carry over from run to run. So I'm wondering if it's going to get easier as it goes along. Um, Cause I've gotten to basically the second area, which is a planet. Um, mm-hmm. And then like the, the, some of the monsters in the second area, I just cannot figure out how to kill. Like there's this one giant stone monster that I unloaded last time I was playing probably about 10 shotgun rounds into, and right. it just would not go down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have no idea what I'm doing wrong. Uh, you need to attack its weak point for massive damage. Probably, but I can't quite figure out where that is. Fair. Um, and that, that one's been pretty fun. And then the other one that I've been playing is called Viscera Fest, uh, which is another kind of, it's a little bit more story-based. Um, but the story is like one of these very simplistic, like 90s FPS kind of stories. Uh, you're playing as uh, this very edgy or like, not quite edgy, but like, I'm trying to think of like, like I, there's a, a particular genre. Um, psycho pixie girlfriend, I guess, instead of okay. manic, like, like full on, just hyper violent, okay. uh, pixie girlfriend, bounty hunter who is trying to buy an engagement ring for her alien boyfriend. Um, but doesn't have the money. So she goes on this killing spree to get collect bounties, to get enough money to get the engagement ring for her boyfriend. And that's the story. Okay. Um, and it's just really fun. It's really hard. Um, Cause they hardly give you any ammunition. So they're like, no, you need to get up close and personal with these aliens and beat them to death. Um, and they further encourage that by like, if you, if you uh, explode, uh, an alien, like one of the enemy's bodies, that's the only way to get health back. Oh goodness. Um, and so it is just like, no, just be, be violent, run around, punch people to death, shoot them, mm-hmm. explode them. I'm seeing a lot of the, the photos or the pictures of the character with mm-hmm. like her face ripped up. Yeah. It's muscle exposed. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is, it is very, it is very, it's kind of 90s. It's also kind of like 2000s sort of like edgy kind of stuff, which normally I don't like. But for whatever reason, like the way that this this all works together, I'm I'm really enjoying. Um, I particularly like the characters that are just there for you to kill for health pickups. Um, that are just like, don't, they don't fight. <laughs> They just like you you see them and they hold up their hands and it's like, yeah, no, you're supposed to kill them. You need the health. Do it. <laughs> and they'll usually say something like, what are you doing? Like something along those lines. It's fun. I see. Um, so I've been playing those games. And then the other one that I installed that I've played, I've started playing a little bit of, but I haven't gotten terribly far um, is very much the opposite of those games. Okay. Uh, uh, it's what's, what remains of Edith Finch? Um, I've heard of that one. It's so good. Uh, it's like, and I'm someone who will defend walking simulators. And I think this is probably one of the better ones that I've played because there's actual like interactivity um, beyond simply that. And it's just very surreal. Um, mm. And it just really makes you want to see where the story's going. Um so it's about a girl who inherits her childhood home. She hasn't been there since she was 11. I think um, 
she's like 18 or 19 when the story is actually taking place. Um, and so it's, you, you play as her wandering through her childhood home, which is this weird, like kind of bizarre, like imagine, like take, if you take the, um, uh, Uh, wind, not Windsor. Oh God, what is the name of that? The the rifle, the, uh, the Winchester. House? Winchester, yeah, yeah. If you take like the Winchester Mystery House, yeah, and like add in like a dash of Doctor Seuss, okay. and put it in like the middle of nowhere in Washington State, like that's kind of what the setting for this looks like. Like it's this huge sprawling house that just has these like rooms added onto it. Mm-hmm. And like, you're you're kind of piecing together your family history as you're going through, because your your family had this, or your your great grandmother has this thing of. First of all, the family's supposed to be cursed, and then like every time any member of the family died, they would just seal up their room forever, and so they just kept building onto the house. For new members of the family. I see. Yeah. So like that room, like, oh, that room was Molly's room. So after Molly died, they just locked that room up. But then we had other members of the family get bored. And so they had their own rooms kind of like built onto the house. So this, this huge, just like tower of rooms coming off of this like relatively normal looking house. Um, And it's just... And Molly, I, I brought up Molly because that's like the first one that you do. Like Molly was like a 10-year-old girl. Like what happened to her? And you find the book, mm-hmm. that like her journal that she was writing in. And you play through a section where you're Molly and you find out what happened to her. Mm. Uh, or at least a version of what happened to her. Um, I see. It, it's And it's just very weird. Like all the things that kind of happen to this family, it's just like what it, it, they all start like they start to seem to kind of be connected, but it's unclear exactly what <coughs> the connection is. Like a lot of them uh, make references to monsters, um, and you know that like uh, Edith, the main character's brother, um, disappeared. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what the, her main goal is, is to figure out what happened to her brother. Uh, and she thinks that like, there might be some clues somewhere in the house. It's just, it's very, like I said, it's very surreal. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really, there's just enough gameplay, but it's mostly just walking around and listening to the character kind of tell us what she's thinking and what she's seeing and then every once in a while, it's like, all right, you, you find this thing and you click on it and you get to like play as another character in this little vignette for a while. I think my favorite one so far is one of the members of the family was a child movie star mm-hmm, right? who starred in like these weird horror movies. And the version, the book that you find for her is like a Tales from the Crypt style comic book. Mm-hmm. talking about the, her mysterious uh death and when you're playing that it's all cell shaded to oh. look like the comic book art Fun. uh 
And there was parts of it where they were playing the Halloween theme in the background. <laughs> it's really good. I was really like, oh my God, they actually just, they paid to use the Halloween theme. That's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, no, that's, it's been, I haven't beaten it yet. I'll probably have more to say about it when I'm done with that. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what, what I've been in the little bit of off time that I've had from the move. That's kind of what I've, those are the things that we've been doing. Okay. That's fun. That's fun. So you were mentioning video games and I was trying to think, cause I've played a few, you know, in my day. Um, <laughs> and Space Invaders, Pong, you Yaga. know, no, all Tetris all the way. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking because uh, I recently had someone over and she brought a switch. Uh, we played some smash, but also uh, I started playing the, was it Pokemon shield? Mm. Yeah. Uh, I've never played a Pokemon game before. Yes! So I didn't get very far at all. Like we haven't even uh, left. Like we haven't even gotten to the city yet. <laughs> so mm. uh, I have a starter and I've been in a forest. Which, uh, um, which starter did you pick? uh the 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 fire bunny what's it called the score, score bunny scorch bunny. bunny yeah named named him uh okay. spicy spicy rabbit okay <laughs> okay all right i mean i picked grookey okay uh because grass starters are best grass starters uh, are gra grass pokemon types are probably my favorite uh but i wanted something different to be the main grass pokemon that i use than fair Grookey. so that's fair yeah um Grookey also gets significantly less cute as he evolves mm -hmm. um sobble nick instantly fell in love with sobble oh yeah i i knew from the moment that that game was announced that i had to get a sobble um <laughs> just just to say it well now each one of us has one of each yeah that's true that's yeah. true should battle him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would overpower you all because yeah. I've played uh, not just through the entire game. I then played through the first DLC and I'm halfway mm -hmm. through the second DLC, okay. <laughs> which came out like months ago. I should have finished it, but, um, but I didn't, but I didn't, I don't know. I'm a Pokemon ho. I will play <laughs> any, any Pokemon game. Almost right. any Pokemon game that they throw out. I, I like, um, I think I talked about on the podcast before Pokemon Snap, but uh, yeah, yeah. That I like, it's I had to purchase the day it came out. <laughs> we went to the Target, and I was like, it was also really embarrassing because one, it came with a free gift if you had bought it like the weekend uh, that it came out. Yeah. And she was like, do you want the free gift? And I was like, yes. And I mean, yes, yes, I do. Because um, I said my <laughs> yes, like a little too loudly, like a oh. little too hyper. And then I was like, oh, can I check out here? And she was like, yeah, sure. Because it was back at like the electronics desk. They always mm -hmm. have like a checkout station there. And I was like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need this co copy of Pokemon Snap and this shapewear uh, for my 32-year-old ass. Um <laughs> and then you got it. Mm -hmm. Yep, I got Pokemon it. Snap and my shapewear on the same day. And you finished day. it. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. There's a lot. There is like a oh, yeah. lot of gameplay in Pokemon Snap. I did not. 
I did not realize. It gets like kind of repetitive. It's um it sucks because you actually have to be like decent in order to advance the plot, which just mm. <laughs> excuse me, this is a Pokemon game for babies <laughs> and 30 somethings with low attention spans. So I'm going to need this to be a little bit easier. Thank you. Um, and it's like, like I need some like six year old who like rolls up on their bike, like get good bitch. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> this hypothetical cursing six year old, but um, it's your rival. It is. <laughs> it's so sad to think about. Is like my rival is this child that I could have birthed, and it would not have even been weird. Like. <laughs> God. Like I am 32. Like I could have, I could easily have a fucking six-year-old. Like I know other 32-year-olds with six-year-olds. <laughs> and instead of like raising it and being like, please don't call mommy's friends bitches. It's like <laughs> it, it kind of reminds that that image uh <laughs> reminds me of the Alex, you've read a lot of web comics in your day. Did I sure you read, have. Did you read the one? I, I think it was called just uh, Manly Guys Doing Manly Things or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. The, 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 the <laughs> slacker. Yeah, 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 yeah. The slacker, uh, like, 20-something Pokemon, uh, Pokemon trainer. trainer <laughs> yeah, that beats Magikarp. his Magikarp against things. Yeah, until Mr. Levels Fish. Up. Yeah, Mr. Fish. I love Mr. Fish. The, that, the ver- that, what, that webcomic very... stopped updating in 2018. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm surprised it went for that long, if I'm perfectly <laughs> honest. Uh, yeah, no, I fucking... I, 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 when with Pokemon Go, I ended up naming my uh, the, the first Gyarados, uh, Mr. Fish. And then I named Aww. mine set of Mr. Fish. Yeah. Aww. Because we were watching a lot of Lucha Underground at the time. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> so like... Son, yeah. Uh, anyway. 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 Get good, bitch. <laughs> the six-year-old. Anyway. Yeah. It's you, bit, oh, go ahead. I, I was gonna. I was gonna say. Do you need me to get a switch and get the game so that I can be your rival? So actually, you know, like, yes. Actually, can, <laughs> can't let me get ahead of you. <laughs> it would give me a reason to go back and actually like finish that game because I I didn't even finish the base game. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I don't know. There's a lot of games over the past couple of years that I've just started and then haven't like finished yet. Not for lack of drive, like not for lack of desire, but just like just haven't had the opportunity. Like there's just so many good games that have come out. And I'm like, yeah, I want to play this one and then I'll start it. It's probably also undiagnosed ADHD. Probably. Um, I still need to finish near. Are you gonna like go to the doctor and be like, excuse me? You need a prescription for Adderall. <laughs> so I can play more video games. <laughs> so I can play more video games. <laughs> like, I don't think that's a reason. I don't think I can give this to you. Anyway. Um. <laughs> As someone who does have an ADHD diagnosis, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Finishing video games is hard. That's yeah. all you have to it's, say. Oh, no, Absolutely. Uh, like, like I say, I started playing Pokemon. I also started playing Valheim. Uh, I haven't played that in a week. Yeah. I think I picked that up on the Steam sale too. Mm-hmm. 
I think. Yeah. Maybe that was one of the ones where I'm like, oh no, I'm starting to spend too much. And I just kind of forewent it. Because I think uh, there was one or two that I had that. Let me see. It is on your wish list. Okay. I I, I guess I can see. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, but yeah, no, that's that's that was fun. It doesn't do a great job of like explaining itself. I so mean, there's a lot a, of like figure it out on your own kind of thing. That's that's a craft that's a survival crafting game. I guess. They're, they're all like that. Even Minecraft's like that. Yeah, it, I mean yes, it is. But um you know for a game like that i was able to figure it out pretty well so far um the biggest problem is that like i have friends that have been playing it for a while and they're like a further into it and they're showing Mm -hmm. off their houses and their setup and it's like i i haven't even gotten to that far yet i just want to build stuff like i don't want to do all the quests i don't want to like kill these deities and go hunting and all that like i just want to build houses (laughs) just want to have my little cabin in the woods with a little fireplace I just want to grill, god dang it. <laughs> it's the 4th of July. Did y'all grill any hamburgers? We Hamburners. did, actually. Burgers. <laughs> oh, yeah, Friday. Well, <laughs> it wasn't the 4th. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Friday before the 4th of July, we did end up grilling uh, Impossible Burgers. Oh. Um, which I have to say, boy, I, it's more expensive than regular meat. Um but I, it's pretty good and it's like i mean honestly like after you put toppings on it it's really hard to tell yeah. um an impossible burger from a regular like cheeseburger i mean obviously you can't have it be like rare or anything but um, i think that's actually what i had too oh really it was an impossible the same burger? friend that brought the switch brought like a, a some kind of non-meat burger it might have been impossible burger it might have been beyond another Beyond Burger. I think it was Beyond, Beyond Burger is like the other one, but yeah. yeah, it's like the lab grown meat. I don't know, but I mean, it, it was good. Um, you know, it was really nice weather, uh, which is weird for Virginia in the summer. And it's like, oh God, like every time it's like nice out, it's just like, <laughs> we have to be outside. Like, well, I mean, it's going to last forever. It's not going to last forever. I mean, there is a tropical storm coming through tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, God. Don't forget. <laughs> I do see the the meme. Oh shit! We, I don't know. I feel like we're further enough inland now that yeah. It's I don't. I, I looked at the path that it's projected to take, and we're a bit far north and west for it to seem like it's been likely to hit us. But nope. But it's coming right towards me. Yep. So. Well, if you want to come up here, we have a mostly put together guest room. <laughs> I can't. Uh, it's only work. for Alex. That is not for. Anybody Any listeners, else. unless you're cool, in which case we'll consider it. Um, uh, I can't. Can. I got to work through the hurricane. No, uh, that is a very Virginia statement. <laughs> yeah, that is a very like, oh nope, yeah, the whole thing's gonna blow over tomorrow. But <laughs> boss man wants me there. That is yeah. that is a very Virginia statement. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So. Well. When your work inevitably closes because it gets destroyed by a hurricane <laughs> and you need a place to shower and also experience air conditioning. Um, Cause I love that meme that's been circulating around. It's like Virginians are not afraid of hurricanes. Virginians are very afraid of like having to go a week in a hundred degree weather and a hundred percent humidity oh. with no showers and oh, no yes. air conditioning. 100. Like, like I, I work outside in that condition. I do not want to do that when I get home. Thank you kindly. Yeah, yeah. It was really funny because like 
I remember, I think we've talked about this before too, but like, um, you know, it was really funny. I was like, oh, it's only going to be like when we went to Europe two years ago and it's like, it's going to be 80 degrees. We got this. And it's like, oh God. It's 80 degrees with no, no air, air conditioning. conditioning. Like this is Anywhere. <laughs> and we're in a city. <laughs> like go hang out in the Louvre, take a nap just because it's like the coolest place in the city. But, um, but yeah, Ugh. that's, yeah, that is like, that's really like, that is the problem is mm-hmm. you would, you would end up at like Dominion, our electric company that has an ungodly monopoly. It has Dominion over it the has, state. One yeah. might say <laughs> it has Dominion <laughs> over the old Dominion. Uh-huh. But um, sh- anyway, um, they're just like sitting back there like, well, how much y'all going to give us to... To open up that their uh, electricity for you, and it's like, dear God, <laughs> <laughs> like how many times do we have to go through this, old man? Uh, and I love how like Dominion has to do their like grand apology tour every like nine to to fourteen months, and they like go around and be like, we overcharged everybody, sorry. Who would have thunk it? And it's like me. I would have thunk it. <laughs> From all the times you've done it in the past. <laughs> From all yeah. the times that I personally have been overcharged by Dominion. Yep. Uh, they, yeah. The past couple uh, charges on my bill have been way down. And I maybe that's the compensating for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, they, they got their hand like caught in the cookie jar. I think it was like three months ago. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was the time, you know, cause this happens like all the fucking time they got like their hand, hand smacked and they had to go give everybody checks. And now they're like, Oh, I guess we'll just like low, like, we'll like low ball everybody. And then slowly sneak the prices back up. Mm-hmm. Cause that's how dominion rolls. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> Did this turn into Virginia politics cast again? Yeah. I mean, it does that sometimes. <laughs> it does that sometimes. I will say that one of the, as as much as like everything else costs more in our part of the state, one of the nice things is this is one of the few parts of the state that is not powered by Dominion. It's oh, a, we're actually on a co-op. It's oh, like word? community owned. Uh, so it's Novec. Now everybody's gonna know where we live in Northern Virginia, um, which we've made, we've made jokes about being in the DC area before. So try yeah. to figure that one out. Yeah. There's only 50 towns we could be living in. Yeah, um, actually, and there's like millions of people living in them. Right, so it's right. Fine. And really, there's like four because you know that we're poor. But um, <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, so it's it's a it's Novak, which is like a community co-op like collectively owned electric company. So because of that, it's like, it's, it's consistently, it's, I mean, it's consistently it's fair reasonable. priced, you know, it's, it's pretty reasonable. And like, I don't know. It's like, Oh man, what if, <laughs> what if the entire system ran like yeah. this? What if all uh, utilities were publicly owned? Wow. That's crazy. It'd be nice. What if instead of like price gouging for things that we all need, we just own them collectively <laughs> as workers? I'm sorry. Am I getting too on the nose here? Never. No. It's never on the nose enough. There's some people just needs to get hit with that hammer again. And again. <laughs> Finish well, it off with a sickle and you're good to go. <laughs> and this is like 
also my problem that I have with people that are like, well, I mean, it's just never going to work like that. And it's like, yeah, but it does. It, it works. Like, and they're like, you know, like we're not even in like a particularly, you know, although Virginia has been like a blue state for like a, a over a decade at this point, like, I don't think people think of like Virginia as being particularly progressive. Yeah. And it's like, even here where there are pockets in which like Mm -hmm. your utilities are collectively owned and managed. So like, it's not, they're like, well, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to take this one thing that works really well here and spread it out Mm -hmm. to other places, (laughs) perhaps other places in the same fucking state that I live in. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my language. The co- the fucking commonwealth that I live in. <laughs> it maybe the wealth should be perhaps held, <laughs> would you say, in common? <laughs> I think, you know, I think I would. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would. <laughs> Virginia needs to live up to its title. Right. Ay 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 ay. But uh, but yeah, so so that's you know local Virginia politics talk. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think we were like three white dudes living in Arlington with the way that we talk. Ha, ha, ha. Wow, this this keeps getting better and better. <laughs> Peeling to the widest audience possible all the time. That's us. That's our motto. Uh, what else did I do? I. Uh... I didn't want to do a whole lot because I've been working a lot. Yeah. So like, you know, and when I haven't been working, I've, it's either been my birthday, which case I had like hang out with family stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Or it was the 4th of July in which I was hanging out with somebody and doing something for that. Uh, Sorry. You can cut that part out if you want. Um. So yeah. So I just I haven't had a lot of time to do much. I did get back into Stellaris a little bit. Um. And it's once again they changed it. Uh. <laughs> it's it's the game that does not resemble its initial launch at all. Like after five changes, it's wild how much uh how how much they can morph a game from its original standing. Um. But uh, it's still interesting. It keeps it new, keeps it exciting. I haven't gotten very far in it, of course, because like I say, busy. But um, And we were going to play uh, a thing tomorrow, but I have to edit and upload. But I was excited to play it in any case at some point. And I want to hear more about it from you, from your mouth, because you've been typing (laughs) a lot of shit. But I want to know what the fuck Morkborg is. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, I'll talk a little bit about Morkborg. I still haven't had a chance to play the the solo. So Mm -hmm. I'm in a group on on Facebook uh, called I'm Begging You Please Play Another RPG, um, which is basically just about how, like, essentially about indie RPGs. Um, like it's not necessarily anti D and D, but it's like D and D has saturated too much of the market mm-hmm. and there needs to be space for other kinds of RPGs, which kind of is how I feel too. Like I enjoy a good game of D and D as much as the next nerd does, but like, I want to try my hand at some other systems and we've played and talked about other systems on this podcast before. Um, and one of the ones that kept showing up on there is a Swedish RPG called Merkborg. Um, which is Swedish for like dark fortress or dark castle. 
Um, and it is a OSR game, old school revival or old school Renaissance that is rules light. So I have had an itch for years to play an OSR RPG because I love the gonzo weirdness of like old school D and D. Right. But I don't like the biological determinism and like the fucking racism. <laughs> and to be perfectly honest, I'm not a huge fan of all the crunch. Like I, I mm-hmm. like crunch every once in a while, but I prefer something a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that kept getting talked about in, in this group is an RPG is this RPG Merkborg. And I kind of on a whim picked it up because it was on sale um, it's like, it's normally the, the core rule book is like 30 bucks. Um, I picked up that and I picked up a rules supplement that was published. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read through the, the entire book. I read through the, it's like a hundred pages. It, it's very rules light. And most right. of that is just kind of world building stuff. Okay. So basically the premise of it is it is a low like a low magic dark fantasy setting um so again kind of like early D where it's like oh maybe if you're really lucky you'll find like a magic item for the party to argue about mm-hmm. and like give it to one person it seems to be a little bit higher magic than that um but it is uh set in a world where uh Everything is run by uh, like the, the ultimate authority in the world is the church of the basilisks. So there are these two two headed basilisks and one of the heads on one of the basilisks has given all of these prophecies. And so far all of them have come true. And so it's like, Oh, this is the ultimate like true religion because this basilisk knows ultimate truth. So the church of this basilisk now like runs the entire world essentially. I see. And one of the prophecies is about the end of the world. So like the world is definitively ending. Um, and one of the more interesting uh, uh, mechanics in the game is basically every dawn the GM rolls to see if anything like catastrophically bad happens on that day and one of the options like one of the potential outcomes for a really bad role is that the world just ends okay now you can determine like what you're rolling so it's basically um everything from a d100 to a d2 so it's like if you want the world to end in several years you check with the d100 if it's like oh this is the very last days of this world you just flip a coin to determine whether or not something bad is going to happen on that day. And then you roll on a chart. And if you roll two sevens, then it's the end of the world. And anything else is things like the sun goes down and never comes back up again. Or like the seas start to boil or oh, we already got, we already got that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what some of the other ones were. Cause I was looking through them and like, one of the things that I like about it is because it is so rules light a lot of this is just kind of left up to the GM's interpretation. It's right. like, and I was looking at some of those, I was like, what does that mean? I guess, I guess it means whatever the GM wants it to mean. Okay. Um, 
So that's it's that's pretty fun. Uh, it's also a game that doesn't have like a lot of necessarily definitive uh, um, classes. Like mm-hmm. there is a way to roll up uh, characters without character class. Uh, but if you want to do character classes, you can. You can also randomly roll for character classes. Like roll a d6 and that determines what class your character is. And then okay. everything else from character creation is based off of that. What the, are the type of classes that they have? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think my favorite is definitely Gutterborn Scum. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember what's like. They all have names like that. Like one of them is like Fanged Deserter or something like that. Right. Um, right. There's one that's like a a, a hermit, something hermit. Uh, there's one that's like a pr- like a heretical priest. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just the that, those are the kinds of classes in this game. Uh, I gotcha. It, it it's very like I said, it's very rules light. I think they're like four abilities, and like everything is just based off of those four abilities. Most of the gameplay is actually done just by um, like uh, player roles rather than GM roles. So like in combat okay, you're attacking this monster. If you hit over a DC 12, you hit it for every monster in the game. Like it's just a flat DC check of, oh, roll over a 12, you hit it, roll under a 12, you miss. And then for um, for monsters attacking you, it's like, all right, this monster's attacking you, roll to dodge. Mm. And same thing. If you roll, If the player rolls over a 12 on their dodge... They they don't get hit if they roll under a twelve. They do get hit. On a what sided die? Twenty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so just just a little bit more that like like a, it's like a sixty forty chance for pretty much anything uh, in I terms see. of combat. Um, and it's another one of these kinds of games where it's like if you do get in combat, like the chances of TPK are fair fairly high. Because it's like, yeah, you can have a character that has just three HP. So be prepared for that. So is it a game that's recommended to not get into combat, like Call of Cthulhu? Or is it a game that's recommended to just have multiple backup characters? I I will say from what I have seen of the game, there's a lot of encounters in the the adventures that are pre-written. Mm-hmm. Because I did did read through all of the one that I'm planning on running for you guys, I will say, and I'll I'll, I'll tell people this because I, I feel like with some of the people we're playing with, they're not going to think in these terms. Mm-hmm. There is the possibility to avoid quite a bit of the combats okay. in, in that game. Not all of them. Like some of them are going to be like, yeah, you're going to fight these monsters, but there are there are going to be some surprising opportunities to avoid combat okay um if you play things right that's useful and good to know yeah uh i am also appreciative of this because this is one of those games where it's like on the front in the in the front matter of the book they're like, here are the heavy metal bands that we listen to to inspire this game. <laughs> um, they did a Kickstarter recently that is a, a vinyl album of music 
where the gate the gatefold for the album is a GM screen and mm-hmm. the booklet inside of it is an adventure module. Oh, or yeah. That's like literally just hits all of Nick's like weird ass buttons. Yeah. And <laughs> and they've got um so I'm going to have to w- next time I have that kind of expendable money cuz they're still taking uh pre-orders for it. Right, right. Um I might have to get the the special edition version of that and even just the regular one looks fucking cool as hell um one of the other things that i really appreciate about it is that the book just looks fucking gorgeous mm -hmm. and one of the things that i look saw when i was looking up stuff about this game is that apparently like every page if you put it under black light looks even more incredible so i'm gonna have to dig out an old black light from somewhere oh god (laughs) Because it just looks like, it looks fucking cool as hell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like how Hammer and Steak hits all my buttons, more Quark hits all of yours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just need to find a role-playing game for Elise that hits all of her buttons. I think we found a few of them, honestly. It's just that she hasn't run yeah, any of them yet. Um, I don't know. I don't, uh, like, I think Spell. Yeah, Spell. Um, Golden Sky Stories. Yeah. Which I love those games, too. I'm not gonna, I'm not yeah. gonna pretend like I don't, but like. I mean, yeah. I, we're playing uh, with another group of friends. We're playing inspectors. Um, You've mentioned before, yeah. And that one, I love. I love anything where I can play a play a bit. Yeah. Where I can I can have a role that I <laughs> you can, love a you bit. Know, I do love a bit. Um, yeah. So like I, you know, because the whole point of inspectors is like it's a reality TV show where you're hunting, um, you're hunting ghosts. Yeah. And and so I just I'm playing the like stressed out hollywood producer oh. on on the on the the series and everybody else is like just keeping me in check would it be so. possible for me to be like the the celebrity guest star on one of these we'll like, have jump to in for a session? I, I think that we could probably make that happen because character oh, creation sweet. for that game is really quick it's yeah it takes like five minutes it's that's really fast um I we played a quiet year uh or we started to play a quiet year yeah um that one I've enjoyed. I yeah. know Nick was very against it. I, I wasn't against it. I was just, I was not in the right headspace for playing it. Yeah. Um, because it a quiet year requires a lot of like creative thought. And I was just drained the day that we played it. Alex, mm. have you heard of this one? I think so, but okay. I'm not very familiar with it. So the idea is... Um, Instead of playing specific roles, you're collectively creating a town. Okay. And okay. telling the town's history up until this terrible thing that's going to happen. It's like, I don't know. There's some sort of like monster and the monster is like the end of. Yeah. And um, no one really knows, like the, the monster has a name. I can't remember what it is, but the monster has a name. And then it's like, what that thing is going to be, we're not going to find out until the end of the game. Yeah. Oh, that um, sounds amazing. So I, love, I would love to play that game. <laughs> so it's basically um the reason why it's called a quiet year is because it, it starts off at the end of like this war. And so they you have one quiet year mm-hmm. from the end of this thing that happened to the start of this apocalyptic event. Yeah. I see. And so you tell the story of what happens to that community during that year. And, and sounds the, amazing. I'd love the, to play that one. Too. The thing that like I didn't quite 
like connect with, especially the the headspace I was at when y'all were playing, is that you're drawing a map of this community as you're playing the game. So things get added to the map as you go along. I've actually heard of some people, I think I can't remember if it was the people who we were playing with who told me this, or if I heard it from someone else talking about the game. But I know that there are some people who use a quiet year to set up the setting for other games. Huh. Where that's, it's a, like, that's a good idea though. Yeah. Like, so everyone involved in the party is helping to world build through a quiet year and then when the game of Quiet Year is over, all right, this is the game. This is the world I, that we're yeah. going to be playing the game I think now. I think there was like a Twitter post or a Reddit post or something like that. I, that's where I do remember seeing okay. about it from. Um, but do you, did you still happen to have the map that y'all drew? Did you like take a picture it, of it? It wasn't, it, it wasn't here. Oh, we didn't finish okay. it too. Oh, you yeah. didn't finish it. Okay. Yeah, so I think we got through spring. Because uh, the idea is like it's it's played in four phases. And the last phase is winter, which is when the monster comes. And so I think we had played through spring. I don't think we had gotten to summer. And it's cool because it's like you roll. Did, did we roll dice to determine? It's drawing cards. Drawing cards. Yeah. And then that determines um, the thing you have to come up with. Like it'll give you a question or it'll give you like a, a, a an either or statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like either say what the children are doing or say what the elderly are doing. Um, so, you know, and then like, I, that was one of my questions. And so I was like, well, the kids are going to school and the school is here and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So, um, so you, you get an either or statement and you go around the room and then you have to draw something. Um, and then it's like interesting when you get into like the group that we were playing with, had you know doodlers mm-hmm. and people who didn't really draw um up through like a professional artist and so <laughs> and so like one of the problems is like the professional artist would get the sketchbook and just like keep going keep going and we had to be like that's not the point like take it back yeah um so that was that that's the way in which it's um it's also like a very interesting uh, it's a very interesting game to play depending on the group that you get. It sounds with. fascinating. I'd yeah. love to, to play that game. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's it is it is not the I think a lot of people who play Quiet Year can also play D and D, but not everybody who plays D and D can play a Quiet Year. Makes sense. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. as it's, it's a very, and it's not even like, it's not even like the idea of GMing or world building. It is like, you have to think like quickly and collaboratively. <laughs> and in a way it's very hard to, um, it's hard to be a diva while you're playing a quiet year. Sure. Does that make sense? sense? Like it's a hard to um it's hard to power game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and so I I I think that's one of the things that makes a quiet year. I would be interested in like doing a quiet year campaign and then maybe doing like a one shot based off of you know, cuz like a quiet year you can play in like one or two sessions. Mm-hmm. Um so it would be kind of interesting to then uh take that and then Sure. Create a 
uh, a campaign off of that. I like that idea, but I don't know. Okay. So those are those are some RP some role players. We that, should like, we should. There was once upon a time we played um, Fiasco and recorded it, and then that's the one that hits Elisa's buttons. Yeah, <laughs> that is truly that is like truly the role playing game that like mm-hmm. hits all of my buttons. That's that's mm-hmm. the one that it's like that's the one that'll that last the I most bits. Fucking yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to we need to do that again and this time not fuck up the audio right um that's like my did... under... <laughs> it's also the one where it's like man you took how many courses and a senior thesis in playwriting you know where that's gonna come in handy <laughs> yes. playing fiasco <laughs> Well, who like you know like who says a degree in theater with a concentration in playwriting and dramaturgy is useless <laughs> a lot of people because it is but <laughs> uh, yeah so what i'm saying is we should try to do that again yes yeah play fiasco play a quiet year play play something and put it on the place uh hammer and stake you know, have like the three of us play that, a game. Man, that was wasn't that the entire like uh, reason why we started this podcast? It was to learn podcasting no. recording in order to like have a have a a real game podcast that wasn't D and D. I mean, that I think was a plan at one point, but then y'all the pandemic happened and y'all moved. No, oh, that was and... before the pandemic. <laughs> Don't blame that shit. That that our incompetence dates is. <laughs> Dates back predates. to at least 2018, <laughs> young lady. Like Predate, predates like, the pan pizza. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, girl, you should know. All right, all right. But um, but no, it's still it'd still be good to to do that with these different smaller games. Yeah, and, yeah. absolutely. But uh, so I say, knowing that we'll never actually do it. <laughs> <coughs> So, was there anything else uh, that we're looking forward to? All right, because anything that you... I know you've got a lot of work still to do in the house, but is there any kind of media that you're expectant upon or anything that uh, has caught your interest that hasn't really come out fully yet? What was the... There was something where I saw... Oh, Sir Gowan and the oh, Green, yeah, Knight the is Green like Knight. coming out. Right, 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 right. Like, at the end of this month, which is... Wild. Yeah, I'm surprised that it's coming out. And then uh, the Candyman movie, the the remake, reboot, whatever the hell it is, reimagining, is coming out I am in August as well. Intrigued by that and also terrified. No. The, uh, no. Tony Todd, Candyman. Uh, so it is 1980s? 1990s? Early 90s. Early, okay, so it's an early 90s um. The original is an early 90s horror film about this white social worker um, who goes and works in, like, the rougher neighborhood in Chicago. Yeah. Um, And she keeps hearing, because, of course, it's a woman. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Um, So social work is, is a profession highly dominated by women um and has kind of racist roots uh so anyway so she 
she goes in, she's working in this like rougher area of Chicago and she keeps hearing all of these like urban legends about the candy man. Um, and he, no, she's, I'm sorry. The, the, the sequel I think is the one that has the, the social worker, the original, oh, sorry. uh, the main character in the original is a grad student. Okay. Who's studying the Candyman? Like she's yeah. studying like urban legends. Urban legends, yeah. And then like happens upon the urban legend of the Candyman, and then the sequel is like the yeah. white social worker who goes to the yeah. The... Well, they're all kind of set in this like in this rundown area of Chicago, and like a lot of it deals with, um, like the real monster is white patriarchy which causes systemic racism and poverty pretty much that's like the moral of the Candyman but series the, and then the remake is more it seems like it's more about um uh it's jordan peele is producing yeah jordan peele is producing uh but it's, it seems like it's more about like um god damn it it's it, it, like no words I don't know. Like looking at the trailer, it seems to be like about a lot of different things. Like it's about gentrification. It gentrification looks like it's a little bit about Thank you. queer culture. It looks like it's a little about police brutality. So like a lot of different uh, threads of the black experience in America using the metaphor of Candyman. Um, Cause that's what Jordan Peele does. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's a very like, you know, it's, um, I, I like so it's like it's one of these things like this is the thing like I am very interested in Candyman I am very scared to watch it <laughs> like the more I hear about the movies and like Nick has talked to me about them and the more I'm like this sounds something that I would 100% be very very interested in and it sounds like something that would 100% make me have like horrible debilitating nightmares so <laughs> like that's like that's the thing is like because they're not really like jump scare kind of movies. It's very like unsettling imagery. Mm-hmm. I think and the, the first real movie and only the... has like two actual kills in it. Yeah, in the entire movie. Yeah, and it's like you know the real monster being like the thing that genuinely fucks up our country um, is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so anyway, so that's coming out in August. Um, the Green Knight's coming out at the end of the month, uh, which I, hmm, it is hard to tell by the trailer if, if that is going to be like a shining piece of shit yeah. or actually pretty good. I, <laughs> I think no matter whether the Green Knight is amazing or terrible, I will probably just love it because it looks weird as fuck. So if, yeah. it's, if it's like ambitious and terrible, I will probably still really enjoy it. I'm trying to think of like what else is coming out. Um, I mean, it's summer. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. There's a new Hero Rocket movie coming out that I'll probably watch. Cause... Oh, God. Yeah, there is another Hero Rocket. Oh, yeah. There's like the oh, third fuck. Hero Rocket. I haven't been keeping up with. Because they're coming Hero up on another. Thing. They're coming up on another break. I, I need to, to catch up on that once they get to their break. Um, yeah. I did finish um, the second season of Megalobox. Oh, uh, we still need to go back and go to that. There's a lot of things that we've started. I know, we're great. And then, such good friends. Like, we so need to go back and... Podcasting. What's that? I said we're such good friends. We're the best at podcasting. <laughs> Following through and watching things every yeah. single time I watch. 
we still need to go back and finish the Mandalorian. Like there's a few things that just kind of like we started and then for various reasons got put on hold. Uh, and we keep, I keep bringing them up. It's just, we haven't been in the headspace for them. I don't know. I think now that like the move is almost done. Well, the move is done. The unpacking is still ongoing. It's yeah. still ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, Having a house is hard, and now we have, like, a backyard that we have to take care of? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's not a very big backyard. It's fine. <laughs> Just let it overgrow it. with weeds and shit. It's fine. No! It, it kind of was already getting there. Oh, God, it's already there. Like, it hasn't been touched in... Rip all that grass out and replace it with moss. Just replace it with moss. You'll never, you'll never cut it again. That's true. That's true. I have thought about that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be that or, hard. It's not a lot of grass. Clover. Like it's, it's not a big, it's not a lot of square footage. It would actually be pretty easy for us to replace it with clover. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, apparently, our HOA does not give a fuck. Um, <laughs> well, what, there I'm pretty you go. sure there are, there are houses in our neighborhood that have already done that to their mm-hmm. ones, mm-hmm. like their front lawns. We're like, oh, okay. like, or like, eh, if you shove enough flowers in here, nobody's going to notice. <laughs> that there is no grass. Uh. <coughs> or, if you want to spend time outside for some reason, oh, uh, I don't know, just like have a small corn farm. <laughs> just, grow, just grow corn. Be a very small corn farm. <laughs> Be like six stocks. <laughs> you, get, you get one corn a month. <laughs> for six months. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're running out of steam and things to talk about. Oh, Sounds yeah. good. Uh, I think so. I've yeah, I started watching season two of uh, My Next Life as a Villainess. Nice first episode of season two. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, I think that's about it. So if that's all, uh, my name has been Alex. I'm Elise, and we've been some nerds of a podcast. We'll have a wonderful night. Bye.